If we haven't met, uh, I'm the associate pastor here. I am Ezekiel, or Zeke. And this message, uh, to be completely honest, super last minute, um, but I do believe God has really worked this week in my life and really gave me something to share. And it's something I'm kind of keen on right now, and it's this idea of celebration. And if you guys like to take notes, if you guys like to just kind of keep a little main point in your mind, the title and my main point of tonight is Celebrate Like You Mean It. Celebrate Like You Mean It. And yesterday I had the great honor of photographing a good friend of mine's proposal. And um, I've been in this position in life, in season of life, where God has given me the opportunity to live again. Um, I've become so well acquainted with my grief and misery that it became so comfortable for me. So something I was used to and kind of something I expected. And I'm not here to, um, I'm not here to mitigate anything anyone's going through. Because trust me, 13 years of my life and 13 years of living with loss has really, um, really worked in many different avenues of my life. And this idea of celebration, I think is something, I'm gonna be completely honest, that we don't do well as Christians sometimes. I think we do really well in moments of hard times, which is a great thing. It's a tremendous thing when we're walking through life and we know someone going through something hard, we're there for them. But for some reason, there's points where celebration is not that easy. I think we could get so caught up in the idea or the process of grieving and feeling down and depressed. And not that those aren't valid, those experiences or anything like that is um, something to be overlooked and something to be pushed under the rug. And something I hope for within our church culture is to understand this idea that we can live both and. And what I mean by both and is we can live in the duality of life. As Christians, we're going to be faced with a lot of things. And as Christians, we live in duality. Our lifestyle is completely opposite to what this world produces. And those, that's exactly what duality is. We're human, yet we're not of this world. And that's already two different things. If we're not of this world, but we're, we're purposed and we're here for a reason, it's so hard and sometimes so difficult to be faced with what we deal with in life. And I just have two verses that I'm focusing on specifically. And then at the end of this message is something I want to share that I think is a perfect reference on the duality of life. And the first verse I want to talk about and kind of read, not even kind of read, I am going to read it, is Romans 12, 15. I'm going to let whatever that noise is pass. That was loud. Um, but it's Romans 12, 15. And it's rejoice with those who rejoice, weep, the, weep with those who weep. 
And the second verse I have is 1 Corinthians 12, 26. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. And so going back to this story of an experience of watching a proposal, um, capturing that moment, and looking back on this week, I, I am very guilty of this. I think it's not only something I experience, it's, it's me comparing myself to other people, me comparing my season of life where I'm at, and seeing other people where I'm like, dang, maybe I am missing something. Maybe I, I didn't do this right, and this is why I'm here right now. Or maybe if I stayed at this route, my life would look so drastically different. Maybe the idea of better would be what it is. And when I look at where I'm at, I get so caught up in the, man, I, my life isn't, sometimes I'll admit, I'll just say it, it kind of sucks. That's how I think my life is. Where I'm at, now that I'm 30, um, and the funny thing is, when I told people I was turning 30 this year, everyone was telling me, oh, your 30s are gonna be the time of your life. You're gonna feel great and all this other stuff. And I was like, I don't, I don't understand what that means. I don't get that. So as soon as I turn 30, everything's just gonna be like, this is the best decade of my life. And after being a month and a half in of being 30 now, I can slightly attest, like, yes, so far, I'm understanding that, that yes, I'm, my life is actually good. That my life and the things I'm doing, I can celebrate. And I don't think we celebrate well, like I said. And so at this proposal and at this past week, I've run into a lot of different things and different conversations with people about just seasons of life and where we're each at and just how, how hard it is sometimes and how it easy it is for us to get caught up in the misery. Um, and, and sometimes that's, to be quite honest, it's depressing. I think it's very easy for us to share a lot of bad news or bad things going on in our life and we don't share enough good news going on in each other's lives. Or something good is happening in a good friend of ours' lives and then it's easy for us to be like, kind of jealous or envious, like, why can't that be me? Why can't I be there? And it's, it's this idea of celebration when I think of us leaving earth and going into heaven, that's what we're gonna be doing. It's a life of celebration. That's what, what we're also a part of. When we leave this earth and when we're in heaven, there's, there's rejoicing. It's celebration. And the verses that talk about people cheering us on in heaven, they're watching our walk. They're seeing our race. They're cheering us on. So the concept and idea of celebration shouldn't be so far removed from us. And I think the simplicity of celebration could also live with the idea that, yeah, my life might not look great, but man, my friend's gonna get married? That's exciting stuff. My friend's moving on from a bad season and things are looking up? 
that is worth celebrating. I think it's so easy for me to get caught up in, man, what am I doing? It feels so purposeless, or I feel like I'm not progressing. Why do I do the things I do? But then at the same time, I have to remind myself that I'm still living, that God's given me a, a great life to live and a great opportunity to live in it. Like the idea that we were made for such a time as this not only applies to that time, but it applies to each and every one of us. That we might think, I'm not going to do anything with my life. I may feel like I'm not doing anything, but that's such a lie. I think the enemy from my own life and knowing what's going on in some friends' lives is the enemy's trying to steal, seek, kill, and destroy you. And if he could do that, if he could get one arrow in, he's going to do it. And how do we counteract that? Not only do we grieve when we grieve when others are going through it, but we should also rejoice because that is a good thing for us. Because when we grieve together, that's grief halved. And when we celebrate in joy, when we rejoice together, that is doubled. And that is a tremendous thing. And like I said, this is, I think coming up to this message, especially super last minute, I was kind of getting in this scramble of like, God, I don't know what to share. God, what am I going to do? Like, what, what is there to share? I don't, know what to, I don't know what to preach on. And growing up in church, and growing up in the environment I was raised in, um, I remembered, man, my, my family knows how to celebrate. My family knows how to party. Not that's a bad thing, but man, whenever I think of celebration, Celebration is honoring something, honoring a season of life, honoring someone's day of being born. That regardless, like this is also something my family does, we honor our loved ones that have passed away still. And that's, it's a hard, it makes no sense. When I talk about celebrating my brother's life still, celebrating his birthday even though he's not here anymore is a bizarre concept. But also knowing that, man, when I get to heaven, it is going to be a celebration. Not only that I'm, I am home, but it's like, man, it's, it's this beautiful thing that, oh, in heaven, there's going to be no more tears, no more pain, no more suffering. None of those things, all those things will be behind us. And I 100% believe they won't be a thought in our mind. Because from what we know in the Bible and what we have read, it, it's a moment of rejoicing. We're going to be praising the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. That's celebration. We're going to be worshiping. We're going to be doing what we were meant to be doing, and that was communion with God. And it's, 
it's something that I think is so, not even an idea or a thought in our minds sometimes. We celebrate, we do celebrate, but I don't think we do it enough. And I want to counteract this culture, especially in today's age where, I don't know if you've heard this phrase that there's people that are okay with the idea that they're going to hell because it's going to be a party down there. But that, that's not true. I was like, where the party is, is where Jesus is. Where the celebration is, it's going to be in heaven. The enemy wants to deceive this world in believing that Jesus doesn't do anything for any of us. The enemy's trying to deceive this world into believing that, oh, you're not progressing in life. You're not doing anything right now. The things I deal with, my, with the idea of me still being single right now, is something I'm faced with a lot of the time. Or my image of myself. One of the struggles I have with comparison is my fitness. I'll look at myself and feel like, oh, why am I doing this? I'm not getting any better. I still look the same in my eyes. And then a friend the other day sent me this kind of funny meme about me working out. And it was just like this encouraging, goofy meme celebrating like, look at you, you're working out, you're, you're progressing. And I was like, dang, that was like a good little reminder. Like that little funny idea of celebrating me through that meme. I was like, we could celebrate people. We don't have to be miserable all the time. Sometimes that's a choice. I get life gets hard. I get circumstances are out of our control. But there is still the choice of, I'm going to praise Jesus. I'm going to worship him that regardless of how I feel, regardless of what I'm going through, I still have reason to praise. And that is a powerful thing. And know, know this, the enemy wants us not to do that. Because that's our biggest weapon, praise and prayer. If he could keep us away from that, if he could keep us silent, that, that's his best weapon. And how do we fight back? It's a simple hallelujah, an amen. It's groans that we don't even understand, but the Holy Spirit knows what we're saying, what we need. And so, short message, simple idea. Celebrate like you mean it. And as you know, if you're new to our church and those that are listening online, I think the challenge for a moment of 10 minutes of silence and solitude is this. Have you given yourself the time to actually celebrate the life you've been given? Celebrate the good things because there are good things there. When you look for bad things, you'll easily find it. And it's the same concept. When you look for good things, you'll find it as well. So in this next 10 minutes, 
as you're in silence and solitude, either take notes on it, write the things you're grateful for, celebrate the things going on in life, not just yours. That's why we do life together. Because I may not have something good in my life going on, but my friend does, that's worth celebrating still. So in these next 10 minutes, just in, enjoy the idea and practice celebration. I feel like I should play celebrate time, but I won't. So these next 10 minutes, I challenge you guys and encourage you guys to really celebrate what God is doing in your life, what God is doing in your community.
I, I have two things I want to read and share. And the first thing I want to read and share is the prodigal son story. And in that story, I'm sure we've heard it before, but those who haven't, I'm going to read it. And in particular, it's a lot of verses, but it's okay. It's Luke 15, verses 11 to 32. And it reads this. And then he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all there, arose a... Wait, but when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to, and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but he was still a great way off. His father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, Bring out the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf here and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as a son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. And the thing I want to point out in just that message is the older son was missing the idea of celebrating his brother who had come back. It's so easy for us to get caught up, especially, especially when we feel like we've been at this for so long. I've been that older son. I've also been the younger son. But I get caught up in the, 
God, I've been doing this for almost half my life now. And then I see other people. I can get caught up in the comparison and be like, why can't I be there? Why am I not there? And that's such a miserable way to live. The Father, the Father created a whole feast. He said, come eat, celebrate, dance, be merry. Like if we don't do that, we miss out on good things. I was like, yes, you might not be where you want to be, but life is still to be celebrated. And the last thing I want to share is lyrics from this song called Breathe came to my mind when I was in my moment of silence and solitude, and it's just this part of the song. Ah, where is it? Okay, it says, just breathe. It's a miracle we can breathe. There's power in the way that we breathe. Release your heavy burdens and let everything that has breath praise the Lord. This is why we have breath, praise the Lord. And then it goes on into, oh, I can feel my lungs taking air again, just breathing, I'm breathing in oxygen. And I could feel my strength, it's coming back again, breathing, breathing in oxygen. And such a simple thing, praise, we could praise the Lord for just the breath in our lungs. I can feel the breath filling my lungs again, and I can breathe in oxygen. And that's something worth celebrating too. Celebration doesn't have to look so grander. It doesn't have to be big. It could be the simplicity that life has been given to me and I've been given a breath to live. And that's worth celebrating. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this time. I thank you just for the breath in our lungs and that we have this opportunity. And I pray that you fill us with your Holy Spirit, that we could celebrate the life we've been given, Lord. And I just thank you that we can celebrate, Lord. And I pray that we be a people of celebration. We celebrate not only our lives, but we celebrate the life that other people are living. Let us see things the way you see things, Lord that life is to be celebrated. And I just pray you give us that. You give us that spirit, you give us that demeanor. You give us eyes to see those things, Lord. And I just thank you that we are here. We get to live life because you died on the cross for our sins, Lord, and that you've given us life and you've given us life abundantly, Lord. And I just pray that we experience that. And I just pray for everyone that is feeling the heaviness of not being satisfied, not envisioning and not picturing their life where they thought it would be, Lord. And I just pray that we let go of that. We let go of control because... You have us in your hands, Lord. And I just thank you that you're the author and finisher of our faith, Lord. And I just pray we relinquish control. 
and we let you write our stories. And you let us just be a part of that. Thank you that we get to do that. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.